Welcome to the Monday Mobile Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and with me today are... Hey, it's Gerald Falcon. And David Milne. We are on episode 17 of the Monday Mobile Podcast, and also the last episode of the year. So to cap off this last episode, we decided to uh, choose our favorite mobile game of the year, uh, each of us, and... uh, present an explanation why we chose these games and uh, let's get it started with david what was your favorite game of 2018 okay so my game didn't actually come out in 2018 but i did play a lot of it in 2018 that's perfectly fine i was about to say which is probably going to be the case for most of our live ops games that we're choosing but uh mine was actually arena valor um Mm -hmm which was the um, mobile MOBA from Tencent. The reason I liked it is just because it was... I mean, well, I liked it for all the reasons that anybody would like a MOBA, I guess, really. It's just that I I like really, MOBA. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really enjoyed the fact that it was on mobile. It kind of surprised me, honestly, and got me excited about the prospect of having a... about bringing a pretty complete MOBA experience to mobile right it, it's it was it kind of wait 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 we we've missed something we should have called this podcast monday monday mobile mobile podcast the monday mobile mobile podcast say it say it as you're trying to ad lib it it's way funnier that way uh yeah no i think <laughs> i think we only specialize in mobile games from now on only on mobile. yes that'll be no. awesome yeah but it 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 was a um like it kind of it kind of did a lot of things or i feel did a lot of things that you just kind of don't see a lot in mobile games which is it had very you know it just didn't care about session time basically you would sit there and you'd play a game for 30 minutes you 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 know it it had me and you mark you played it a lot as well doing something that you don't really do with mobile games typically which is we would all like get our phones and sit in the same room and actually like play a team-based pvp game together which is something usually reserved for handhelds or even just like local co-op on a console or something. But they did it and had it work pretty well on a phone, which just kind of, I guess, got me excited about and thinking about, you know, okay, what other experiences can we bring to phones that are maybe not your typical kind of like short session, necessarily live ops experience. You know, they had this full PvP game working, I think, reasonably well for a mobile game on phones. And it was just... Yeah, it was really fun. The controls for that game was very, like, it was actually very well developed. It didn't feel like you lose anything from uh, playing it on device, I felt, which was really no, sweet. No, it, it, it felt like it was developed. I mean, it, it was likely developed from the ground up for mobile, which, again, you know, you, you I think that if you, before that game, and I guess other games. Uh, what was the what was the one game that kind of came before it? I feel like it started with Vainglory. a V. Vainglory. Yeah, Vainglory. I feel like that game, Vainglory. The controls for it weren't quite as tight as uh, Arena of Valor. And I feel like if you had pitched that to most MOBA fans, you know, they would say, "No, no, no. There's no way. Like you can have a MOBA on mobile. It's hard to say. It's hard to say quick. <laughs> a MOBA mobile." Or mobile MOBA. But yeah, uh, like you said, Mark, the controls were tight. I felt 
like I was able to play strategically like I wasn't fighting the game the whole time I was able to just get in pull my phone out choose my character get into a game either you know for a casual match or um you know really sit down and like play some kind of pvp thing or um more uh, uh ranked i guess game as well yeah it's probably one of the games that i've been the most engaged with uh on mobile in a long time other than like titanfall assault or force arena yeah so do you think the biggest reason why you would put this game above vainglory is purely because of the controls or is there another i would say it's not just the controls i feel like vainglory they really tried to and i don't blame them for doing this but i think they really tried to kind of boil down the moba experience you know in vainglory there's only one lane there's a limited amount of you know kind of jungling that you can do in it um i didn't play a ton of it but i from what I remember, and maybe this isn't true anymore, but from what I remember, the characters were pretty limited, and uh, the like you didn't have many abilities, and you certainly weren't uh, going through and actually like buying equipment and gear and stuff, which is a pretty important thing for a pretty important aspect of MOBAs in general. I feel like Arena of Valor. I mean, it was a full three lane, you know, full jungles with all the monsters and creeps and everything just as many towers as you'd have in league or dota not to say that like they didn't simplify some things they definitely did but overall i i felt like it was just a more complete experience and and arena valor didn't shy away from trying to put like that full moba experience on mobile whereas vainglory they did try to simplify it a lot and i think that that kind of took away from the experience overall Right. Vainglory had the shop purchasing for items during the game, which did open up that interesting part of mobile, I feel, of building your character encounter of what you're experiencing midway through the game. Did they? Maybe maybe I... Yeah, maybe, it was a long time ago, so maybe I just forgot about that. But Yeah, but they definitely did try to make it more bite-sized than Vainglory did, who which, you know, just went full in on that MOBA experience. You don't have to go to a store to buy the items for Arena of Valor either mm-hmm. during the match. You can just build them just through the UI, which was which also felt really great. And uh, yeah, I was a big fan of the character designs. The I, I, I love playing support in MOBAs uh, to start off with just because just like, that's the easiest way to make an impact in your team as a noob. I found and you know people can't really grief you if you're trying your best in supporting their their attack uh, and death ratio. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree about the character design. I was pretty excited to see all the different characters and they do a good job of of letting you kind of test or try out characters and showing you all the different skins and stuff that you can get like you they give you a lot of opportunity to get excited about a specific character. And I mean, at, at this point, I mean, we like I we were playing it um, actually kind of last Christmas is when we were, um, when we as a group at Hothead were really into it. But I kind of continued playing it, but I checked in recently and I mean, every character has a ton of skins. And in, in typical, you know, MOBA fashion, some of those skins will actually have, um, 
you know different sound sound bites and and special effects and and all that kind of stuff to go along with it so you know it's um like i think i feel like you can go just as deep or get just as involved and engaged in that game as you could in league or dota i'm sure that there are people who listen to this who are into league and dota who are already trying to find out where i live and and hurt me for saying that but i think you can i mean it it, i i feel like you could play that game casually you could get really into it if you felt like it and so and just like i said because it was that full experience which a lot of games tend to try or tend to shy away from uh, but they just went all in on it and tried to make this full like almost almost triple a like experience on mobile and it worked it worked out for them i mean they've got 10 cent level money so i guess that helps but um they made it work and so that kind of got me excited and thinking about you know okay like we don't necessarily have to make bite size experience experiences for mobile i think that there are ways that we can bring you know these more involved kind of larger longer session experiences to to mobile but yeah for for all of those reasons i just listed that's uh that's why i thought arena valor was was kind of my standout game of uh of 2018 yeah so charles what was your favorite game of 2018 I had to think about it a lot, and this is going to be a divisive choice, but uh, I'm going to pick Legend of Solgard. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I... It's... This is more of a... I mean, I'm talking as a game designer, not a consumer at this point. I still play it off and on, but I don't play it as, as much as I did when it was soft launching and when it eventually came out. It's kind of the ideal of the type of game that I would like to make and the scale of the game that I would like to make for for a, for a mobile experience in 2018. It's got this wonderful little toy, which I've known in the past and I've played before and I really liked, just to refresh people's memories in case they haven't uh, played it. Uh, you basically assemble, you assemble lines uh, either horizontally or vertically with these little characters. Horizontal lines create walls, and vertical lines create attacks. You match the same color, the color characters in in these shapes, and you combine them together, and they do different attacks or different defenses. So that's kind of the premise of the game. And then the the t- you you're playing against the computer most of the time, and they have similar characters, or they have uh, special bosses, or different things that you have to adapt the strategy. So you've always got this Magic the Gathering esque style optimal turn choices which i really like and it makes you feel very smart if everything pays out but there's also an element of luck and delight that happens when you essentially run out of uh, uh, little dudes in stock and you have to refresh them and put them back onto the field so when they when they sort of are used up and die they go back into your inventory and then you press a button to throw them back out into the field on a, in a new configuration and that configuration is always you know it's always interesting what happens i guess because you're always presented with a new puzzle to solve or sometimes when you reset the board and, and throw new guys out there they'll create little combos because they just hap- so happen to line up with their other little little dudes in a, either a wall or a uh, or an attack line and sometimes that can be annoying but most of the time it's it's kind of delightful um the metagame wrapped around it is I think just superbly well designed. 
there's a lot of choice on what to do. There's a lot of grind if you want it, but there's also a lot of just different modes and different styles of the main toy. So there are these treasure caves you can attack to, to gain a type of currency. There's, you know, these bounties of different enemies you can go and attack to earn another different type of currency. The upgrade system is uh, unique, something I haven't really seen before, though it is using the same kind of mechanics. It, it's very, it's more of a slot based upgrade system, which I think is quite interesting. So each of these characters tokens act as an upgrade currency for their, for their main stats, and then their powers unlock through another currency, which will be sort of something to do with their color. Um, they've done live ops events around the, uh, the main toy as well. So, you know, you can choose to ignore them pretty easily and just carry on with the main saga map campaign because you, you have this nice uh, Candy Crush style saga map thing to just constantly progress on and it's very challenging. But once you go over the hump, it kind of eases off in difficulty and you accelerate in uh, in progress and uh i've done a few live ops um events where it, it's the standard model of 2018 you come into the game they give you a new character and you've got to upgrade them as fast as you possibly can within the time limit usually around a couple of days to a week or so and it just it makes me fall in love with a new character very easily and they put a lot of design effort into those characters like they're completely new art. They're completely new move sets, and yeah, there's there's new currencies coming along with those guys to to upgrade them. Sometimes they share a currency with the with the existing characters, which gives you an interesting choice. You know, it, it kind of just goes to a matter of playstyle. It's, it's similar to Magic: The Gathering, where you you choose like I like doing these type of moves, so I'm going to pick this character and upgrade him. Then you know the the art style and the way that you you sort of attach to your characters I think is is pretty wonderfully done um, this it's not an interesting art style it's just a very relatable art style it's just everything is clear what it is and you you have a kind of very clear idea of what that thing does because it just affords its, its mechanism. So I think it's a very, uh, probably it, it's not doing that great. I don't think it, it's going to appeal to a lot of people, but, um, it, you know, as a professional, I, I just kind of, that's the stuff I I like to think about and, and that's what gets me into the game. I think when you combine, you know, the, the clarity of design, the, the, uh, the success of these kind of models and, you know, a really, really good art style, you combine all those things together and you have the right IP, it can do amazing. I think that the, the Star Wars collect em up game, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, you know, that's, a, that's just a good example of them taking Hero's Charge, putting Star Wars over the top of it, making the design a little bit more elegant, a little bit more casual and free to play, and you know, they just print money. Kind of similar to what Kabam does, right? Like, I, I, I think you have to be undeniable in your game design but your game design will be limited by your IP because, you know, it just, it's just the way of things. Marketing is such a huge part of this industry now because there's, you know, the whole business is 
super, super soaked with games right now. And that's great for customers because you can find a niche, but for people running a studio, they have to hit a certain number, right? In order to keep people employed. And that's very difficult without without a good IP. So if this model, if this style of toy takes off and we eventually get um, you know, Star Wars or Marvel versions of this toy. I'm sure it'll be a really interesting experience, but I, I have a feeling it's a bit too weird for most people. I think it's a bit too idiosyncratic. That's probably my 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 general thoughts on the subject. One thing that actually really stood out to me when I was playing that game because you, I remember you suggesting it to me, and I I played it for a couple weeks, and I gr- I agree. Like the every the the thing that got me is that like the the toy is kind of weird but everything is just so clear right you you know what your choices are you know what your options are and you feel like you have those choices so like the the fatui in that game is just very very well done it's just everything is presented to you when you need to know it it's explained clearly yeah for i mean for that reason alone just like play through the first time user experience of that game because it's, to me, it was kind of just a lesson in how to do that really, really well. Yeah, they obviously put a lot of work into their UI systems because it handles everything. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at the metrics for Legend of Solgar, which is made by King, which is... Published you know, by King. Published by King. Winter Spite or something is the company that does it. It's definitely not a, a major company. I mean, but they have King as their publisher. That's pretty big. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I'm saying it's not a big team. I don't think. All right. Uh, just looking at the downloads and revenue for this game over time, it, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, oh no! I don't know what they're doing over there because it doesn't look like they've done any UA spend on this game. I didn't see i i did download it from an ad as far as i remember but maybe it was a while ago they're they're basically three thousand dollar days across all android right now right and very similar to all uh the app store and in terms of downloads there's only initial launch spike of like a few thousand but then yeah it's uh it's so weird I feel like if King is a publisher of this game, they would be pushing for stronger UA spend and stronger metrics. Maybe they didn't believe in it for some reason. Uh, what a publisher will do will say, "Hey, fix all these things, and we'll turn on ad spend." And uh, I just, I just opened the game today, and they first thing I see is an apology message for the last update, <laughs> which caused a bunch of issues, and they just gave away two hundred diamonds for us to everyone uh... in their community, and it's like. Once production tries to to accelerate like that, quality and stability just takes a nosedive. Uh, It's just the way of software, it seems, unless you have an amazing team or you start pushing people into overtime, which will cause the same effect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm not I'm not too surprised that they're having they're having issues. And I think from a marketing point of view, their IP is just garbage. I mean, if I don't know that much about marketing, but you're just pasting a picture of a Nordic-looking dwarf on your app button, and <laughs> I'm just like, it's not. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I don't I have no other ideas, and that's why I don't like to talk about 
that kind of I stuff. I think it's very it's very difficult for this sort of toy to find an aesthetic that makes sense just because of the fact that you're combining units yeah. together. Like, for example, maybe this would work great with Command and Conquer where you would put units into vehicles and transform them. But you need to sort of stretch that aesthetic, I think, to make it more interesting. Otherwise, it just feels like a puzzle bear, sort of like, you know, like a puzzle bear with a little bit of passive combat sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't bet the farm on this game idea, and I'm surprised they went as, as good and as far as they did with it. Maybe King just had a good relationship with them, and, you know, they just thought, all, all thought it was a good... I mean, it in my head, it's, it should be the same thing as Bejeweled, right? Like, I don't think of it as any harder. I think of it as maybe less harder than Bejeweled, but... Less difficult than Bejeweled. I mean, have you played the late, late game of Bejeweled or these other games where you have to basically always perfectly perfectly match in a certain way? It's, it's hard. They make you spend money in those levels. And I don't think Solgard <laughs> does that. I think they just say hey, eventually you'll be able to upgrade your way past this level. Whereas Candy Crush is just, this is the level you have to pay or pay power-ups through to get through. And that's that's their peak level system. So, uh, yeah, I just, don't, I just don't think it's quite ready. And I think maybe there needs to be a, a new way of presenting the toy that would catch on to a more casual market at first. But at the same time, with the violence angle of it, it's kind of in a weird space. It's in, we want to be violent and have and have this kind of aggressive feeling, but it's also a puzzle game, and that's a weird space to be in. Uh, I think that's probably what why it just turns people off. Maybe I don't think about those things. I turn the, that parts of my brain off, and I'm just playing a game. So anyway, um, yeah, I think it's interesting to to think about. And I, I was surprised myself when I was like, well, what do I really think? I think Legend of Soulguard. <laughs> <laughs> what about you mark what's your favorite for 2018 so i have two honorary mentions oh so you, <laughs> you picked three so you... i picked three <laughs> wow <laughs> it, it, it's now called mark's, uh, mark's monday <laughs> Mon monday public podcast i don't know <laughs> uh, just just really quickly for the honorary mentions the first one is knight's chronicle by net marble uh, it was the game that basically was perfect in every way in terms of the meta, I found. There was a great variety of spinning dishes. The heroes were awesome. It's like all of these games are IP-less, which is actually really surprising for me in 2018 when I've just been harping on we need an IP, we need an IP, where, you know, Knight's Chronicle has no IP. It's just, you know an anime fantasy uh hero collector like everything else but it also taught me pvp can be fun and relaxing because it's not a real-time pvp format but like this was the first one where i actually dived into the top meta of the pvp and the pvp isn't like the center spinning dish for this game so i have to give credit because you know i spent a lot of time and money in this game uh, and also learned a lot of its early PvP before it sort of shifted into selling 
costumes for the characters and then I just pieced out at that point. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was like the game at that time where I was like, this was the game I would have created in my head and launched if I had all the money and time and talent in the world, which I don't. So uh, that's Nice Chronicle by Netmarble. The second one is obviously Dragalia Lost for showing me that showing me how perfect live ops can look like and i'm very excited for next year to see what these companies after playing dragalia lost will come up with because there's definitely people paying attention to that live ops model and i'm sure there's more space within it to have fun and expand upon that idea so that was dragalia lost by nintendo and Sai games and finally, the winner of my favorite game of 2018 has to be Darkness Rises by Nexon. Whoa! And <laughs> this, like, I, I always wanted to do an episode on Darkness Rises, but it was sort of at the tail end when we started doing this podcast where I dropped off. But essentially, when it soft launched in Canada, when did it soft launch? May? Uh, basically, summer of this year. And it was the most polished and crunchy and juicy looking game I've ever seen on a mobile device up to that point. Uh, You would get 60 frames per second. And the combat was just so satisfying that I never autoed in the game. And I played for a straight month and a half. And I beat the last chapter. And I beat all the content they had up to the point of their launch. I could have, I just stood back and said, you know, I'm done. I, I actually finished this mobile game, which was pretty crazy because they didn't have any live ops going on during the soft launch period. And it also taught me that, you know, equipment based gotchas aren't, they're not as bad as I initially, you know, have a stigma against. I'd rather have heroes most of the time, but it showed me that equipment gotchas could work in certain ways. It had the best daily task list where I basically learned how to finish the entire daily task list within 20 minutes max, regardless of what the tasks were. And I would just knock down the weekly task list and just like, and all of this, by the way, manually. So it taught me that autoing gameplay isn't necessarily the only solution you should have in your game. Because at the end of the day, all of these mobile games can have the same meta, can have the same, you know, idle sort of passive uh, spinning plates around a toy. And they're all the same. But if the toy itself isn't engaging enough for you to actually manually play it, I think that's a problem for mobile games moving forward. You shouldn't create a game nowadays just thinking, you know, people are going to be autoing it. Definitely, if you're going to put grinding and farming into the game, you should have auto uh, available for players so that they could just passively watch that farming and grinding experience uh, if they wanted to. But when they're playing new content where they're progressing through the late game scenarios in your game, they should be wanting to fully engage with it and play it manually. And so, you know, a month and a half of fully engaged, fully manual play, I think, deserves Game of the Year of 2018. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they sort of screwed up. <laughs> by... <laughs> so it's now pretty I funny. Them. Both <laughs> both Knights Chronicle and Darkness Rises really screwed up their implementation after their initial launch. The so Knights Chronicle is PvP mainly focused at the end game after you finish all the content. And they sold costumes for straight up US dollars. Oh, I remember for, you telling me about this. Yeah. For straight up stat boosts and skills change for the meta. It's like $30 to just win. <laughs> And they sold it for U.S. dollars. You can't even grind for it with premium currency. So that was a huge slap in the face for this PvP-oriented, engaged user community. So they got a lot of flack for that. Darkness Rises screwed up by implementing... You know, they expanded the level cap, but then the skills uh, points that you uh, have to spend for in these future levels were just straight-up premium currency. (laughs) <laughs> and this is also <laughs> this. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, my heart goes out to them, but that's wow. <laughs> like, do they not have a customer service rep that is, that is anywhere near their design team? Jesus, they backtracked on it really hard after that update because all hell broke loose. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <can you imagine? laughs> Uh, they also uh, added extra, so they had milestone chapters to sort of show off how far in the content you are in the game and to show off your power level in the game because you are a single character and you're just getting these equipments to get stronger and these equipments actually change your look on the screen, obviously. And so... The new chapter milestones required you to do a reroll on like SS plus equipment gear, which was also hard gated with hard currency. So if you wanted to get past a certain chapter, you actually had to put up basically money if you wanted to get past it. And they visibly nerfed their hard currency payouts in their monthly login bonuses. So all all of these things, that was just a terrible update for them. And so a bunch of people left that game. I don't know if they went back, but I was just there eating my popcorn and just laughing because (laughs) (laughs) they really screwed the pooch on that one. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, you you got to imagine that these companies are owned by other companies, and sometimes it's not the developer's fault. So I just want to throw that out there as much as possible, like, because I've been forced to do these kind of things in the past. It's... It's never fun to to be the guy responsible for doing a nerf or, you know, introducing new payment options, I'll put it that way. <laughs> and everyone just goes bananas. But uh, in previous games I worked on, we did uh, an Ask Me Anything kind of style thing in our in-game chat. And uh, I, 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 you know, I was having an anxiety attack at the time. But, you know, essentially like people were just asking me questions about what was going on about the uh, the update. And I just answered truthfully and, you know, just said, like, look, these are these are the business ramifications of what we do. And, uh, you know, this is just the, the way we keep the game going. And if we don't do this, the game is, is gone. And people really were just like, oh, OK. <laughs> and I was still like, <laughs> you know, do not buy it if you don't think it's a good value adjustment. But everything you buy 
in, in my terms, is just a, 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 a payment to us to say, hey, keep the game going or not. And, you know, feel free to do with that what you will. And a lot of people seem to respond to that. Even when I I said, to, they were asking for like, I want to be able to upgrade multiple things at the same time. And I, I said to them, that's just not the game. Like if we just said, okay, you can buy extra upgraders like in Clash of Clans, just makes it an, an interesting experience from my opinion. And the weirdest thing was like the main complainer guy agreed and never said anything about it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes the last episode of the year. We will see you all in January should we, for episode should we 18. List our list our games one last time. Yes. So, David, your 2018 mobile game of the year was Arena Valor. Arena Valor. By Tencent, a relatively small, modest Chinese company. Little little, little indie company. <laughs> They're bootstrapped. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, your 2018 game of the year was... Legend of Soul God. Which is published by King. Published another by King relatively small Norwegian-based indie studio. That name is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And my 2018 game of the year went to Darkness Rises by Nexon, a relatively small Japanese studio. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's pretty surprising how all three of our games are published by huge publishing studios. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they are. Do you mean the people with the marketing money to put in, to put them in front of us? That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. And all three of them wasn't in a Marvel IP, even though Marvel yeah. Strike Force came out this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Marvel Strike Force. Yeah. yeah, doesn't do it for me. I mean, don't get get me wrong. I think Marvel Strike Force did awesome with their daily task list button. Oh yeah, and that was good. Yeah. Their animations in the toy was juicy, but a lot of money on that game so juicy the meta was eh, and i was really bored of the contest of champions slash heroes charge equipment (laughs) upgrade your hero sort of loop i'm just done with that i'm out we also played a shit ton of avengers before that on facebook and there have been similar games coming out on mobile with the same exact storylines it's tough uh, Marvel's Avengers Alliance 2 came out on mobile early this year before they folded Lol. as a company. <laughs> that was okay for what it did, but I think it was a little bit too slow and unintuitive, which was weird. Coming, I guess their foundation was a Facebook game, so they couldn't do much more than that. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird year for IP games, I think, and... I expect a lot of great ones next year copying the ones we're talking about this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, although Arena of Valor uh, teamed up with DC and they have Superman, Flash, and Wonder Woman in their game. And Batman. All right, so from all of us from Monday Mobile Podcast, happy holidays, and we'll see you all next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you.